Welcome to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. My name is Michelle Graves, and I'm sitting in for Kyle Case, who is out of town today. Joining me in the studio is Derek Campbell, our CFO. Hi, Derek. How are you? Wonderful. How are you? Great. We had a holiday yesterday. Did you have a good one? A fantastic holiday. Yeah, we celebrated our nation's birthday. It was pretty fun. So back we are, though, at work. And I actually have some big news to share this morning. Are you ready for some big news? I'm ready for some news. I don't know. It's pretty early for big news. I know. This is kind of big news. This is not scare tactic big news, but I found that this was interesting. So let's just go right in and talk about it. The idea that losing weight is all about calories and willpower is one of the worst. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute. This is big news. This is big news. (laughs) Oh, boy. The truth is, the truth is, Derek, sugar and highly processed junk foods can be addictive, just like drugs. So I found some research that I thought was pretty interesting by Chris Gunnan, a um, nutrition researcher, and he has this to say about some of the disturbing similarities between sugar, junk food, and abusive drugs. Are you ready? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. It's big right news. Right after all the right? parades and the candy and the all the sugar of that, freedom. Yes. We did a lot of sugaring <laughs> yesterday, yes, I'm afraid. So studies have shown that sugar and junk foods flood the reward system of the brain with dopamine, stimulating the same areas of drugs, um, of abusive drugs like cocaine. And cravings are a common symptom when it comes to both junk foods and addictive drugs and have very little to do with actual hunger. So it's interesting how it tricks your brain into thinking you're hungry, but um, it's really cravings are different than that. So you really can be addicted to sugar. Super addicted. Listen to this. (laughs) Scientists have used functional MRI scanners to show that the same brain regions are activated in response to cues and cravings for both junk food and drugs. And when the brain's reward system is repeatedly overstimulated, it responds by reducing its numbers of receptors. And this leads to tolerance. And tolerance is one of the hallmarks of addiction. So we get used to it, right? Yeah. And then we do what is known in the drug addictive world as we try to chase the high. So binge eating is a common symptom of food addiction. It is caused by tolerance, making the brain need a larger dose than before to reach the same effect. So um, I wonder how that correlates with the eating avalanche, you know, when you start eating and you can't stop it. Yeah. You just keep piecing. You go grab some chips and then some pickles. And then some candy. You just can't stop eating. Right, right. Your tolerance level is just gone, 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 gone. So in um, studies with rats, they've found that there's something called cross-sensualism. I can't say this word. Sensationalism. And it's when um, uh, sugar, the rats... Boy, I'm really not saying this well. <laughs> the rats can switch between sugar, amphetamine, and cocaine, and they and they do it just as equally in these um, studies. So drugs that are used to fight addictions, such as smoking, alcoholism, and heroin addiction, they're starting to find are also effective in weight loss because food affects the brain similarly to the way 
of that of drugs. And so um, it's common knowledge that junk food is harmful, um, but many people are unable to control their consumption. And I just find this really fascinating because, you know, we talk a lot about um, just willpower. And then we talk about the emotional effects of eating. But what we really don't know is that the brain is really taking over. And um, and it's primarily this sugar and um, preservatives that are in our diet. So it's really something to think about, um, especially, I mean, we know that um, drug addiction, um, you know, the social ramifications are more severe yeah. than that of, you know, right. food addiction. But if it, what's happening in the brain is the same, I think it's something that we need to consider and take a little more seriously. So, yeah, that's very interesting. That's our little um, knowledge for the day. It kind of just struck me as interesting because it makes me kind of maybe be a little bit more um uh, interested in controlling that a little better. Yeah, well, there's to... definitely got to be uh, some control on that. But there's also, um, as it, as I think about that, there's a little difference. It's a little easier to quit sugar probably than drugs. I think anytime you start a diet, you can drop the sugar and you can live without it. You may go through with some withdrawals, but it doesn't feel like you're going to go scratch the chalkboard off the wall. Yeah, to and, get to it, and if you so are at a that, little bit of difference. Maybe, then there's maybe help. The depth maybe there's some help that is strong. Yeah. yeah, I absolutely agree. And it's a big topic now, you know, sugar and what it does to our bodies. And I think everyone's trying to be better. the The um, hard thing is, is that sugars are in everything, yeah. all the foods that we eat. So even when you're sensitive to, I'm not going to have this piece of candy or this ice cream cone. You know, are you thinking about what's in your yogurt and other things? So we really need to kind of clean our diets and try to be more conscious yeah. um, so that we don't um, get addicted. Um, now, maybe there are a couple things to be addicted to that are positive. We have with us today, um, joining us in the studio, Ryan Otterson, and he is an exercise physiologist with the Live Well Center here in St. George, Utah, and um, he has some interesting things that we're going to talk about. Ryan, what do you think about that? And is it okay to be addicted to exercise? And hello. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hello. Hey, guys. Um, yeah. Being addicted to exercise is a great thing, I think. A lot better than being addicted to sugar. <laughs> I would think that those dopamine levels kind of work the same in exercise. Definitely. But anything maybe out of moderation can be considered troublesome. But we're going to really talk about, I think, an exercise... Um, most people don't have to worry about really the addictive nature. They have to worry about maybe being a, trying a little harder to be a little yeah. better every maybe day, Maybe it'd be right? good if people could get addicted to exercise, right? <laughs> maybe. So, Ryan, tell us about your background and what got you interested. Um, I should say that you are, or you should tell us, you're a strength and conditioning specialist and a weightlifting coach. Is yeah, that right? Yeah. So, I, I work for the Livewell Center as an exercise physiologist, but... Um, before I got that job, I, I got certified with the National Strength and Conditioning Association, the NSCA, and I got my uh, certified strength and conditioning specialist certification. Um, currently, I'm coaching a weightlifting team at a CrossFit gym in town. Uh, but yeah, it's just my passion to improve and get stronger and help other athletes do the same. 
That's great. I, you probably work with my daughter. I know a lot of the high school kids around here um, and probably all over the world really are interested in increasing speed and agility. Yes. Um, when, you know, at this time in their careers, um, because it really makes a difference on the playing field. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about that, but we also want to talk about our active life clients um, and why resistance training and muscular strength training is so important, especially as we age. Yeah. Um, at the LiveWell Center, we, of course, get a lot of older clients, um, over 50. And uh, one of the common things that we see as they come in and we do uh, fitness assessments on them is that they lack strength. And uh, I'm sure you've you've heard stories of older people falling and and getting hurt, you know, breaking a hip or something like that. Um, I would say that strength training, resistance training is is the only way to maintain your muscle strength as you get older. And uh, as you get older, that's probably the first thing to go. And it affects so many other things like balance and uh, resistance to injury. Why yeah. do you think the muscle um, structure is just not there? What are they doing or what have they done up to that point that you don't see in the regular, uh, regular good grief, the younger population? <laughs> yeah. Um, I would say just they, they get more sedentary. And, uh, you know, you take your strength for granted when you're younger. It's there and you're, you're pretty active. You're doing all these different things. And then as you get older, you kind of slow down, even sometimes without noticing. Um, by the time you retire, I mean, what is it that you're really doing besides maybe going on vacations or, or other things that you really like to do that aren't so strenuous? You know, you tend to avoid those strenuous things and uh, eventually the muscles just don't get used as much as they used to. Unless you're forcing it with exactly. an exercise program, exactly. right? Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because I consider myself an active person, but I'm kind of a cardio you know, that's my, yeah. I lean towards cardio and I have noticed in my, as I get older and I'm right at that active age, um, that those things I have to work harder at. But I also noticed I was just on a trip with a bunch of teenagers and I mean, they play nonstop from morning right. until middle of the night. I mean, mm -hmm. they're never stopping. And it really did make me realize um, because you don't really think of yourself as being sedentary as you get older, but it's naturally how, you know, I say I exercise, I do it, I take a shower, I change my clothes, and then I sit at a desk and just, you know, by nature, we do a lot less. So how can we, when we need it the most in our lives, how can we be stronger, um, and not lose what is just naturally given to us right. um, as, as active youth? Well, kind of the topic, which is just doing resistance training. And, you know, most people don't know how to do that themselves, right? Uh, a lot of people grab or buy a gym pass and they head into the gym maybe for a week, uh, if they're really good, a month, and then and then they stop going. Um, and that's just going to the gym. You know, once you're there, do you know what you're doing? I would say most people don't, right? There's a bunch of machines out there um, it can be intimidating to go to the gym as you're in, uh, as you get older because who's there? Just a bunch of young people, you know, with uh, half their clothes on, you know, trying to show off for each other. <laughs> right. um, so it can be intimidating to go out there, especially if you don't feel very confident in your body or uh, you don't feel that you have a lot of skill with resistance training. So. Um, or if you don't even know what to do. So let's right. step like really quickly back. Why don't you just define resistance training? And then maybe give us a few pointers of what we could be doing. Yeah. Uh, 
the way most people understand it, resistance training would just be lifting weights, right? Um, but technically, it could be anything that challenges your muscles to use its strength through a full range of motion. So uh, even body weight can be an effective resistance training modality. So if you have never done a squat with, uh, with just your body weight, that's a good place to start. Uh, I know a lot of people that come into the Livewell Center, they can't, they can't do that, not properly, you know. And it, it gets hard for them to even stand up out of a chair at, at some point. So for those clients, we just start with the basics, all right? Can you stand up out of the chair quickly 10 times and then rest and then do it again? You know, that's, that's resistance training right there. Wow. Excellent. So what? give us like three to five exercises that you think would be most beneficial in um, resistance training. Yeah. Um, I would say with uh, the population that we see, the first place that you notice the strength uh, decreasing is the lower body. For some reason, either back pain, hip pain, or knee pain, you just start avoiding bending your knees very far. And, you know, you just try and, and do everything while standing. So I would say one of the most important exercises you could do would be squats, okay? Body weight, uh, like I mentioned uh, just a moment ago, standing up and down from a chair, that's a great exercise. Um, you asked for five, right? Uh, maybe or three, three to three. five. <laughs> Let's say, okay, the squat would be an essential one. There's something else we like to teach uh, called the hip hinge, which is basically a proper way to bend over, right? Um, a lot of people will will round their back and uh, pick things up off the floor trying to use their back. I, I wish I could demonstrate here. This is a radio show, though. But uh, the hip hinge exercise, if you don't know what it is, um, you know, look it up. Google That's a great it. way. Yeah, Google yeah. it. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and then for the upper body, just push-ups maybe from the counter or from the wall if you have a hard time getting down to the floor. That's a good place to start. Excellent. Well, if you're just joining us, you're listening to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life on Fox News 1450. And we are here with strength conditioning specialist Ryan Otterson, and he is giving us some tips on resistance training and um, muscular strength. So maybe give us some of the benefits of muscular strength. And you you mentioned a few um, especially as we age, what what some of the perks of just being strong. And, and I guess it's, you know, is it mostly core strength that they talk a lot about core strength or mobility, flexibility? It seems like all these patterns kind of tie in right. together. I would say a properly designed resistance training protocol with those exercises I mentioned, squats and hip hinges and push-ups or something like that, um, you will get core strengthening benefits. Yeah, the core is important. But you can't do those movements without engaging the core in the first place. So the movements themselves become a way to train the core, which is, of course, useful for uh, avoiding lower back injuries. Um, um, among the other benefits, you know, it's often mentioned that we should have more mobility, more flexibility. You know, uh, a full range of motion squat or push-up or lunge or something like that, that builds range of motion as well if done properly. And you don't even have to stretch. You just uh, do the movement and you get more flexible, more limber. Um, among the other benefits, especially as you get older, uh, you will have better balance, more um, muscular power. So, you know, if you trip or someone gets in your way and you have to move, you can uh, use your leg strength, leg power to get out of the way and to catch yourself if you lose your balance. Um, 
you won't get so tired walking around in the day. You can strengthen your bones so that if you did fall, you would be more resistant to any, uh, injury. I mean, the, the benefit list goes on and on and on. Yeah, I agree. I, um, I used to work as a hiking guide in this area, and I always found it interesting that um, people that would look fit to me sometimes had really no agility to hike off paved trails. And mm-hmm. um, a lot of that, I think, comes from what you're talking about, resistance training and, and strength, um, or, or even like lift themselves up onto a rock feature or right. something like that. And um, I just think that it's interesting and, and definitely is something that we don't want to lose, especially as we age, because that can be just a real detriment to our health. I mean, you hear oh, yeah. about people breaking a hip all the time and then getting a secondary infection like pneumonia or something like that. And and that can become a major setback to a somewhat looking healthy person. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, we like to do our assessments with a, a an assessment of a person's ability to do activities of daily living. It's a self-rated um, questionnaire where they, they let us know what things they can do on their own, you know, such as... Uh, bathing themselves, going shopping, getting dressed, um, climbing upstairs, carrying groceries, those types of things. You know, if you don't have the strength to do that, uh, I mean, you're in trouble. What are you going to do? Call the the neighbor boy to come help you get the groceries out of your car? I mean, um, in an ideal world, that would work. But we want to be able to take care of ourselves, and strength is integral to that. So this assessment is kind of a baseline, and then you um, would prescribe a exercise prescription based on where they are. Well, that's great. So we have a lot of athletes that I think are in at the Huntsman World Senior Games that are kind of defying the odds. They're kind of on the other end of that. They can definitely lift their groceries. They can still Hmm. do great things. But I think to your point, as you age, you lose strength and flexibility. So maybe they are somewhat at more risk because they're doing hard things. They're still performing at a really active level. So right. what do you recommend for those type of for athletes, athletes right? in their older Yeah, years? as you get older and you're being an athlete, there we go. <laughs> um, I mean, like you mentioned, they are at a higher level and they've been doing things, acti- whatever their sport is, that has helped them to stay active, yeah, to get their groceries out of the car, those types of things. Uh, but even then, um, I know you mentioned earlier, you, you exercise, right? You like to go walking and things. Uh, and we hear that a lot. And in different sports, they work on different things. Say you're a swimmer or uh, maybe a speed walker. You know, those types of uh, activities are mostly geared for endurance. Um, some sports don't actually challenge your muscles with the, the same that resistance training would. And they don't challenge them through the full range of motion. So, as we get older, this happens to everybody. Range of motion decreases, uh, flexibility decreases, and strength decreases. So there's no real substitute for resistance training unless your sport is resistance training like uh, weightlifting or, or something like that. But there's no, there's no uh, replacement for that. So even if you're an athlete and you're being really active in your sport, there's still a need to, to resistance train in order to, to be at the top of your game. Yeah, I don't want to single a certain sport out, but I will, um, just to give it as an example. Um, I really noticed that in our softball athletes, you know, I mean, they can hit it out of the park at, you know, 80 some years old, and they can still track and catch a ball really well, but they cannot run the bases. So what would you recommend for those 
um, caliber of athletes. I mean, is it just a resistance training program that would really cover the bases and make them more? Um, because you don't want to see weaknesses in a sport, right? right. That's the thing right. that you're going to try and where are my weaknesses? How do I improve them? Exactly. You're going to want to rule out. Yeah. For any athlete, we would still do an assessment to see maybe what they lack. You know, for someone like that, they still have the skill necessary to play softball, but uh, those like hamstrings said, aren't right, working hamstrings, very well. <laughs> hamstrings maybe not doing all that they should, and and you can notice it as they run, right? Um, I can't promise that we would make them uh, world class sprinters, but I I would say that those basic movements, you know, the squats, uh, lunges, uh, things like that, can really help to keep their lower body uh, mobile, and then of course to build that strength up to where they can use that muscular power. You know, they might only be running during those games, and that's that's all the running they get at that age. If they're not resistance training and challenging their muscles through a full range of motion, like I said, uh, that ability just slowly goes away. Well, I like that idea. I like that idea of, like, from couch potato to active older athlete— you can go in, get an assessment, write a prescription, and kind of see where your weaknesses are and what you can build and improve. So in speaking of this, I mean, how long would a program like this take? Are, are you talking like five or 10 minutes a day would make hmm. a big difference? Or do you recommend 20 to 30? What's what's an average prescription well, look like? Well, I mean, we would, we would work with whatever they are willing to give us. But um, I would say, ideally, we would like to see someone, especially of a higher level, higher caliber uh, function, train three three days a week, maybe 20 minutes minimum. Uh, even that would kind of be hard to fit in all the things that uh, they should be doing. You know, if we want to hit all the muscle groups, all the different movement patterns that they should be hitting, 40 minutes would be a good uh, time to get in their full routine. 40 minutes, three days a week, I think would be a great um, recommendation. Typically, though, most of our clients give us two days a week. And, you know, we work with that. That's good. Okay. Two days a week is still good. Sure. Something is always better than nothing. Well, thank you, Ryan. Um, this time goes so quickly. Do you have one last kind of um, motivator or point that you'd like to bring out? We are almost out of time. Uh, well, come into the LiveWell Center. See if we can help you out. Um, I promise that as you get stronger, you'll see you'll have a better quality of life and you'll you'll see the difference. Great. And these kind of programs, we just want to mention, are available all over the world. Yours is through the hospital, and, right. um, and we really recommend it. It's why we have you guys on our show often, because you really, truly are the experts. So we really appreciate you for joining us today. And we want to remind everyone to join us every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. to listen to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life on Fox News 1450. Or you can also listen to this broadcast or any of our previous shows at www.seniorgames.net. And Derek, yes, we have Michelle. this big new thing. You can also... Dun, 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 dun. subscribe to our podcast of the show and then you will never miss an episode don't miss one <laughs> just do it just search for the huntsman world senior games active life on your itunes stitcher google play spotify and then tune in enjoy and send us a review and tell your friends about it i mean you never want to miss an episode it's a small investment of your time just like our exercise prescription that we talked about today. And you can learn all about becoming more active. Michelle, you know, it's uh, interesting as we talk about this topic today. Uh, a lot of people go to the gym 
or they don't because of gym intimidation. Oh, I like that. Yes. Um, They can exercise at home, but sometimes it's, you know, easy to just fall into the path of least resistance and go sit on the couch rather than lift weights. But I've kind of found that you're going to suffer pain one way or the other. No matter what, you're going to have pain. You're going to suffer the pain of discipline or you're going to suffer the pain of the lack of discipline. And uh, if you add the exercise, the strength training, you'll be stronger and you'll have more ability to, to deal with the pains and and to get through it rather than tweaking your back because you have no muscle. So I, this is a fantastic topic. We, It's good to hear um, that we just need to keep moving and add the strength training into our daily routines. Yeah. And we're really passionate about it. I mean, that's why our show is called The Active Life. And we really want to see not only ourselves, but others, especially loved ones, be active and have the best life possible. Um, and that is also why we host the Huntsman World Senior Games. And Derek, registration is now open. It's really going strong. Um, if you'd like to register, go to www.seniorgames.net and click on register. We would love to see you. So just to tie things up, we um, have a quick thought of the day, and it's by Robert Frost in um, lieu of our holiday yesterday. He says simply, freedom lies in being bold. So be bold, everyone, and until next time, stay active. 